0: Love, That ever-flowing liquid fire of light, ever-expanding and illuminating truth, which is always revealed with wisdom. A spiritual nutrient necessary for vitality that is maintained through selflessness. A filter of ether that aids purity, which is love. Love, a limitless paper lantern floating into infinity on the intentions and actions of initiates of the mysteries. Right, welcome, everybody. We have uh, Beverly McDonald with us today. Beverly, how you doing?
1: I'm doing excellent. How are you doing?
0: I am doing well. I had myself a little nappy poo, and I feel refreshed and revitalized.
1: <laughs> Amazing. It's like 11 over here, so <laughs> kind of early for naps.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like two. I get up at like 5 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, so... But most of the time by now, I'm just exhausted. And it's like my siesta halfway through the day. Like I've earned Fair.
1: It. Totally. Fair <laughs> enough. I love it. We need to bring those back to the States. Yesterday. Yeah.
0: I agree. <laughs> I think the work world would be so much better with shorter work weeks and siestas involved in there.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: The attitude towards work would be completely different.
1: Oh my God. I know. Just go to like Mexico or Spain where they do that. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. i've never been but i can only i can only assume how great it would be
1: oh yeah for sure
0: um i like to start the episodes off from me um when i'm interviewing people with having them express something that they're grateful for what are you grateful for today
1: oh my god what am i not it's so hard i mean honestly it's like every day i wake up i am grateful to take that first breath um have a bed to climb out of. Um, My life has not always been so easy where I can just get up in the morning and open my eyes and smile and be grateful for that. So I really, really take that in every day. Um, You know, there were so many uh, times where I'd wonder if I was going to wake up. Um, I've had substance abuse issues in my life, in my past, and, and just being okay with the fact that, okay, I'm going to fall asleep. And maybe this is the last time I'm going to fall asleep and recognizing how, um, how sad that is and how profoundly sad that is. Um, so uh, yeah, to be cliche is, is hell, but what am I not?
0: <laughs> no, I mean, that's awesome. That's such a um, a great way to perceive everything too. Um, for me, the thing I'm grateful for today is, uh, Humility, kind of like what we were talking about before we started I'm um, just grateful that i have refound my humility somewhat
1: totally yeah, that's a big one.
0: it really <laughs> is it can be very difficult for me sometimes because I can be very arrogant and prideful
1: oh, absolutely that ego is is tough for all of us for sure,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm fortunate that when i I do get a little bit um prideful or arrogant or full of ego that life tends to um, present something to humble me very quickly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You are not alone there. (laughs) You are not alone there. Oh, yeah. It comes quicker, too. Like, the more you recognize those egocentric ways, you notice that that slap of the hand comes a lot quicker, huh?
0: Yeah, my um, tolerance for, like, emotional pain or my own uh, BS is reduced greatly since I've been in recovery. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, you value yourself in a totally different way.
0: Yeah, as soon as I start feeling something, I just am like, I gotta figure out what's wrong or recalibrate it. So much easier.
1: Exactly, it is right. Exactly, straight to the source.
0: Straight, mm-hmm. straight to the source. Um, what quotes do you feel most moved by? Like two or three, and explain um, what they mean to you personally.
1: Um, I am. I love quotes. Oh, there's so many. So, um, Rumi is a big favorite of mine. I really love Rumi quotes. Um, Probably my favorite favorite Rumi quote is the very simple: "Close your eyes, fall in love, and stay there." Um, It's got so many levels for me. Something so simple as just closing my eyes and falling in love aligns me with that self love with you know i am i'm closing my eyes i'm in my space and i can sit back in that soul seat and feel myself higher self energy that mother earth giving love to myself and then also opening my eyes back up to the world and just already being in that that love center just allows me to perceive you know everything with that with that different lens. Um, I, I didn't live with a love lens for very long. (laughs) I lived with like a cynical lens and a negative lens for so long. And, um, so I really like that one. It's a really simple, uh, close your eyes, fall in love, stay there. Um, and then one I grew up with, um, I can honestly say ever since I can remember hearing my mother speak, I I can remember this, this quote, and I don't even know like who said this quote. I think it's like an old uh, Chinese proverb or something. Um, But the tongue is like a sharp knife. It kills without drawing blood. And that for me um, is huge. (laughs) Words are so powerful and I misused them for so long in my life. Oh my gosh! I was so mean to myself and so mean to people, and ah, uh, I just misused the word. Even though I grew up with that that quote in my ear my whole life, I it never really sunk in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those are those are some yeah some of my favorite quotes.
0: Yeah, those are really powerful. Um, I really like the one about uh the roomy one because for me love was always something that i had backwards in in a sense um and i've heard it said that the relationship you have with yourself sets the tone for every other relationship i never liked myself unless i was doing something um that i thought was good and then i would like overglorify myself and then so that because of that i had like this um light and dark view of every kind of relationship they said one negative thing about me they hate me <laughs> Or they didn't, totally. what I, they didn't do what I like. They don't love me. I don't love them anymore either. Yeah. It, it's so juvenile and petty. And the more that I've started to um, love myself, it really has smoothed out a lot of um, this rough. edges. granted, <laughs> I still have a lot more to smooth out. But it's, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's like, I'm able to look at my assets and my character defects and they're in balance. And that's kind of one of the things that leads me back to humility okay, I made a mistake, but I did this right or whatever. And because of that, my relationships with other people, um, tend to be more genuine and tend to be more, um, focused on like real love, not like this, um, objectified love. Like I love my iPhone. Now it doesn't work. I'm going to throw it away. (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, that's just it with, um, with more possessions and stuff we we throw this love word around so freely i love my pillow i love my car i love and i mean and that's fine like you can love it on a superficial level but yeah i mean recognizing that we're talking about totally different love and then not everybody has kind of recognized that that, that there's so many different levels of love branching out just because we have this all this more stuff
0: yeah it's it's oh. like the way that our culture views um uses that word now it's so odd to me because like we personify objects and uh, objectify like people right (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) i know well that's what happens when like we're so out of touch i mean you see people walking around with their heads down and you know kids nowadays are you know learning how to read and write and stuff on an ipad and we're we're learning that we're we're learning how to disconnect is is the strongest thing it feels like as a culture as a society we're learning the strongest to to disconnect and to to totally have no idea what love is that's why you know we only identify with i love my ipad or mm-hmm. my phone is my you know soulmate or whatever
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think one of the benefits of that in some ways um is that there's, you can find a lot of connection through disconnection in lots of ways. Um, And that people growing up in that, like, I don't want them to have to go through the the turmoil of living that way. But eventually, it's going to kind of lead them to two, like a fork in the road where they can either find that connection and develop themselves or continue down. And I think that a lot of people, um, more people, I should say, are going to choose that road. Because before, like, the disconnection was there, but it wasn't as apparent, I feel like, because there was all these different forms of, like, other connections, I don't know, like, it's gonna be interesting to see the way that things progress in some ways, I'm hopeful for it, for everyone. Totally,
1: and there there's always something, I mean, it's, like, great that, you know, the kids now have, like, the help they need as far as like bullying. Like I was a kid that was bullied pretty relentlessly (laughs) um, in middle school and in elementary school. So like there, you know, there's always something like we took that, you know, the bullying in school was kind of how we grew and how we sort of, you know, found that peace with ourselves. And, you know, maybe now kids today find it through a YouTube video, like whatever. And there's always, it's always progressing. (laughs)
0: hmm I mean, and every time you gain something, you lose something. And every time you lose something, you gain something else. It's like that um, universal balancing scale. Yep. In regards to the other quote, too, uh, about, like, the tongue. And, and uh, can you say it one more time? I don't want to yeah, butcher Yeah.
1: The tongue is like a sharp knife. It kills without drawing blood.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been true for me in so many ways. Um, Just little phrases when I was younger that people had said to me that I didn't have um, the emotional intelligence to kind of work through or process. Left some really deep scars for a long time. And then as I got older, I kind of developed that sharp tongue because I didn't know how to express myself. And it also reflected internally. In one of the episodes I did, I talked about like words being swords in some ways also. So I I like that there's that saying and I didn't even know it, but it's like a double edged sword. If I use a cutting word to somebody, I'm actually cutting myself at the same time because how I talk to other people is a reflection of my own inner dialogue. So if I'm critical of somebody, I'm normally 10 times more critical of myself in my head so when I can be compassionate to somebody I can be that much more compassionate to me it's so weird how that works because like when I realized that I'm like oh man all this way all these ways that like I had been thinking I was helping people by making fun of them was hurting them and hurting me and like all this stuff I'm just like crap I I totally
1: yeah that's where that's where the idea of it doesn't draw blood because it goes it stays within you like it doesn't doesn't bleed out it's not that you you know kill somebody else and that it oh it just settles it, it it, stays with you it exactly it's got so many levels like that that's yeah that's why I love it
0: no that's definitely a really good one I, I yeah. like that a lot thank you so much for sharing that yeah cool um could you explain who you are and what you do because there's no legitimate way I could do you justice
1: <laughs> no that's true and um, let's see who I am. I'm me. I'm me. Um, of course, if, you've, um, if any of you are reading The Untethered Soul, you understand that. All I can say is I'm me. <laughs> I can't say um, much more than that. I can tell you what I do as me in this body. Um, I am a Reiki practitioner. So I work with people's energy fields, rebuilding them, rebalancing them, empowering them. And helping them um, wade through some disconnects and emotional traumas that they may not recognize are not because of physical stuff that's maybe going on, but energetic stuff. Um, uh, Living off the principle that all matter is energy, that we are a giant ball of energy encapsulated in a body. And um, our energy field goes farther out than our body. It goes further in than our body. And in order to be fully at balance um, with our emotions and physical ailments, we need to make sure that that energetic body is accounted for. Um, So I do that. And then I also do massage therapy. So I am a licensed massage therapist. So I take my touch a little farther. Um, with massage, I really found that this world of touch and holding space and um, Just being there for people is is something that is insanely easy um, and overwhelmingly powerful uh, It's it's so easy for me to just show up and do what I do and um you know the feedback I get from people is is humbling and just makes me you know further believe that I've I found what I'm I'm here to do. So, so that's what I do every day. I touch people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> on, on many levels. Um, I, I like how you, how you said that you're me. I haven't read that book, but uh, there was a quote by Johnny Depp, and he talks about people attaching labels to to who they are specifically and how it's more so just to put a price tag on people than it is to identify them. Um, but I also like how you identify with what you do in the physical body as separately from who you are, in a sense, because that's more of a reflection of of what your manifestation is chosen in, in this role specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think too, that the energetic work is very much needed. Um, it's kind of like I'm trying to do the same thing in in a different way in some regards. And I've been studying um, energetic healing. One friend got me a book on that for my birthday. Um, And it was so interesting to read some of the different things about how the energy felt, sticky, hot, cold, Uh or all that stuff. And how I felt in different areas of my body. I've had like really tight hamstrings. Okay. And when I was reading the one thing about it, I started to feel like this kind of cool trickling, like it was releasing some kind of energy. And then I read what that meant according to this author. And I was like, whoa, this is so weird. Like I didn't even do anything. Just like reading about it has released some kind of blockage. And as far as the touch thing, I think culturally touch has been so uh, sexualized in many ways. At least for me, it was. I mean, I can't speak of anybody else because I've only lived in this experience.
2: Mm-hmm, totally. That's
0: the yeah. experience so far, <laughs> um, at least that I could recall. Uh, yeah. So that was one of the major things for me. And there was a point um, a couple of years ago where I wouldn't want to hug anybody, wouldn't want to be touched. And then when I started recovery, um, they hug you at the beginning of every meeting or you have to shake people's hands. It was so uncomfortable for me. I don't want to hug a dude.
1: Uh, <laughs> totally yeah yeah ego
0: yeah i'm not even homophobic like i have some of the best conversations with um people of what, whatever sexual persuasion i actually tend to get along with gay men better than straight men um, <laughs> sure
1: because, they're deeper
0: yeah they're deeper and they don't have this this falsehood that they're projecting on everybody totally. how macho i am i don't feel any emotions i just yeah. show pure rage <laughs> and it's just like, oh well, that's because you're suppressing the other ones. Like that's sure. not,
1: that's not yeah. strength. That's um, not that's not the picture of balance,
0: no. <laughs> not at all. And and like um I've gone to massage a couple times and I'm getting to the point where it's like no longer sexualized when I when I have that stuff and there's so much therapy in that and just I can see how beneficial that would be on like a scientific level too you're releasing oxytocin for yourself and for the other person by doing that. Yeah. So I I think that that's so awesome. And I think that there's a lot of benefit um, for those things. It helps people accept their own bodies. I would assume too.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, Even just my own journey going through massage school and stuff. I was somebody who rejected my body for a long time and, and through self abuse and eating disorders and, uh, just sheer rejection just telling my body that I hated it, physically hitting it sometimes and and going through massage school and and learning that, you know, I'm not my body number one was huge. I could let that go. <laughs> like it wasn't such a big deal. Like, okay, this body is just what it is. If this body wants to eat Cheetos, like whatever, let the body eat Cheetos. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have to take it so personally, right? <laughs> um yeah, it's really freeing. It's really freeing if, if you come from Um, body image issues especially or like addiction where you know you're just not used to being touched in a healthy manner Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, massage and Reiki specifically since Reiki's clothes on and you know there's not rubbing involved it's strictly just touching Um, you know it's a great way for people that are trying to to kind of reconcile those issues just finding Mm -hmm. the right practitioner that that you know Listens to the body and not just does on top of the body.
0: <laughs> that makes sense too, because there's certain things like your body's calling out for, and if Ooh. someone's loud in on an energetic level, they should be able to sense this area here needs attention more so yes. than these ones. I think part of that too is if is the person also identifying it. I don't know if this makes sense from your perspective, and I'm curious to know your insight. But someone, if the person themselves isn't aware of it somewhat, that it might make it more difficult because there's some kind of like ink cloud that they put up over it. I don't know if that's the case, but I could see that maybe being true.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's a funny thing that happens the second that you make the intention to book an energy session. The work begins. Because as you say, if you're not in it, then I can't help you. If you're not going to recognize that you have some imbalances somewhere, um, yeah, I can't help you. I, I, can, I can truly only remind your body what it already knows how to do. And if you're denying it aspects to do what it already knows how to do, then then yeah, it's, it's futile to work together. There's Nothing's going to happen. We, we see those people that walk through life in denial, and those are not the people that get on my table. Um, and that, and that is fine Uh, in the work. it, It does sometimes, you know, you can see people's potential, you know, I, I touch in on a body and I get information. It's just the intuitive in me. And so sometimes, yeah, those people like, well, you know, I, the marriage is too hard to get out of, or, you know, the job, well, I pay my bills. I'm stuck in this, I'm stuck in that. And you have to really hear that you have to really honor people that they feel this way and it's true that how they feel is, is true for them. Um, so I just get really, really excited and goofy when people call me, like people (laughs) book sessions with me, because I know that those are the ones that are going to hear the work and feel the work and, you know, that, that want to make the changes. I can't, I can't worry about the people that don't. Mm. I have to make you have to make peace with that. If you're gonna work in this kind of field, you can't want to heal everybody. You just have to be able to sit with the people that come to you.
0: That makes sense. I think that's something I have to learn on this path as well, is that like like what you just said, um kind of like let the people approach me, not go seeking for people, because then if people are coming to me specifically for something. They're more in tune with what I have to offer, rather than just trying to draw people in. Um,
2: yeah, I
1: think yeah. that that's
0: I think that that's true in so many ways. Um, kind of like when the student is ready, the master will appear, or like exactly,
1: yeah. No, it's true. It's like as soon as you just kind of feel into like so. I do like most mornings, I ride the bike, or I go on a hike, or I do something active, yoga. And I sit there and I, I make an intention for the day. I, I picture like an email coming in, or a, a, a website um, inquiry coming in, or a booking coming in. And I spend time, or a text coming in, I spend time to really like envision that and manifest that. And and it happens constantly. And that's that's truly how I get clients.
0: And you like put it out there and just wait for the universe to answer your call.
1: I mean stores. I do that that in business cards, right? Like I mean you gotta like, you know, you gotta do something, right? You like, have to do
0: something in the terrestrial world too. You can't just sit there like and meditate on
1: it. Exactly. Like you gotta throw out some business cards. But, like also, you know, yeah, like tr- truly feeling it. And yeah, I just I really it's in this in this industry you have to get over like that you're doing anything for people. Like, I'm, I'm just holding space. Yes, my, my hands are attuned to gather energy and to balance you. But, I mean, what we're doing is we're sitting in a room together and we're existing. We're being together.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, and it, you do have to get over the, like, I'm healing people and I'm doing things if you really want to make this your career. Otherwise, you'll get burned out really fast because you're putting that expectation on it. It's not going to work.
0: Yeah, plus absolutely it can't never be one hundred percent on you because the majority of the work falls on that person and what they do after the thing. You might be able to get them started. I, I saw a quote recently and it talked about like a teacher, and it's like a true teacher knows that they can never teach anything or something something along yeah. those lines. And it's like they can get you started, they can get the snowball rolling, but that forward momentum rests on them. I mean, there's another saying too the uh, the lips of wisdom are sealed, but to the ears of understanding, so you could do all the right things, and if somebody's not receptive to it, they're still going to be screwed because they didn't understand it and put the work and to make it actualized
1: exactly, yeah, and that's where not taking anything personally makes like it really easy because if I'm not doing anything, then I'm not not doing anything either. <laughs> yeah.
0: like you're not no, responsible for the successes or the failures it all fall on them no, the the
1: no. they all just fall where they're supposed to. <laughs>
0: That's the approach that I've taken with my tarot reading in the sense where it's like, I try to connect with the people on an energetic level. And then I I tell them to kind of interpret things through their own filter. And I admit that I'm completely fallible. And if I'm correct, I have no way of how it actually does it. I just, I just (laughs) like what works for me. and Exactly that seems to work for me. Like, I shouldn't say it works. It seems to have worked out well because a lot of people resonate with it because of their own ability to decipher the symbols and attribute their own meanings to it.
1: Yeah. And that's what they have to do. Because if you sit there and I mean, I can sit here and speak Chinese to you. If you don't speak Chinese, you're not hearing me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not hearing what I'm saying. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta find a way to identify and speaks their language. And some people just, you know, I'm I'm never gonna tell them exactly what they want to hear, but you know, in, in a way that they can hear what they need to hear.
0: That's been one of the difficult things for me in doing different things. It's like, if I get an inclination of something, I've been a people pleaser most of my life a lot of people in my past might debate that um
1: <laughs> <laughs> right
0: well I was one of the people I tried to please so it didn't
1: <laughs> oh there you go yeah okay that's
0: all that's all that's the caveat I'll throw on that um but like if something comes up and like say that I feel that somebody's in an unhealthy relationship or something I I have to be able to put it out there but also put it out there and like maybe not a command as much as like this is what I'm picking up I could be yeah mistaken in this and it's something you may need to evaluate which is difficult because normally I just feel like I'm just gonna skip over this and let them figure it out and I guess there's still that balance of having to figure out when it's appropriate to bring that up and when it's okay to just gloss over it too.
1: Yeah. And it comes with practice. It, I mean, it really does. It comes with, you know, such a big part of like doing this type of work, whether it's Reiki or tarot reading, it's really the exact same thing. It's such a big part of it is reading people. You really need to be able to gauge people and read people and, and be okay. And not let your ego say, I have to say this right now. Basically, if anything's coming at you, like, oh my God, they need to hear this right now. It's not from source. That is from your human. <laughs> that is super ego. That is not divine intervention. <laughs> it's just not.
0: That's definitely something that I, I've learned. Um, most of the time when I think it's something everybody should hear and I should scream it from the uh-huh. mountain tops and it should be on, that, that's me. And Most of the time if I do go through and say that, it falls flat on its face and I, I'm like, Oh, that's why that learning to be not so impulsive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that ego trap is one I still fall into. Oh man, I still fall into that ego trap because I just, you know, you get so excited and you want to like, oh, you want to share this insight with the world, but you got to like fact check.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that it's one of those things that everybody falls into at some point. I like the Alan Watts quote, um, losing your ego is the biggest ego trip out there. <laughs>
1: It's, it's so true. It's so true. I love Alan Watts. Oh my this God. stuff
0: is so funny because it's so paradoxical and humorous. And yes,
1: we can get it. Because I mean, because it is. You have to have a sense of humor if you're gonna like do this whole waking up thing.
0: No, totally. And it goes. I forget what the Buddhist term for it is, but like being able to laugh at yourself or having those epiphanies where you find out like how like foolish you can be about something. That's what I have most of my growth, and I'm like, oh that's what it was oh no!
1: right yeah I analyzed this to death it was really just a <laughs> I
0: I traveled around for 10 years left where I was at trying to find myself 10 years later ended up back in the exact same room that I had left and I realized that I found myself where I where I feel like I lost myself and I'm like oh
1: yeah Same, (laughs) literally same,
0: exact same, right, exact same. And like (laughs) what I found
1: out. That full circle trip like has to happen.
0: Yeah, like I wouldn't have had all the experiences that were necessary to build to that understanding had I not been there. And I think that part of it is, it's like that spiral pattern or like that Fibonacci sequence thing in some way where it's unfolding and it just brought me back to a different point where something else could unfold. Oh yeah, oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, that spiral is that. Mm -hmm. it's a fun circus ride you can like never get
0: off (laughs) yeah I'm just grateful like it hasn't been the downward spiral lately it's been like the upward spiral help me I'm spiraling into control like
1: (laughs) yes yeah perspective though like so easily you could turn it you could flip it you recognize like I play with myself all the time like oh I could I could turn this and oh I could just be like super miserable and I I play with that all the time I think to remind myself that it's a choice (laughs)
0: No, totally. And it is. It's a matter of like redirecting where the energy the energy's gonna be there regardless. How do you want to yep. channel it? And that's like yeah, yeah. true alchemy or like um the principle of martial arts of using the force of another or the weight of another to your own advantage. Like yep. that's been the key to me overcoming so many things or finding my own peace with stuff is learning how to reframe, rechannel, whatever term you want to use to it.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Perspective.
0: Oh, totally. (laughs) Um, Did you feel like you were different than others as a child?
1: Oh, man. Woo. Yeah. (laughs) I was a weird kid, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was a super weird kid. Oosh. Uh, And, like, really early, I was a weird kid. So I think the biggest thing that stands out um, for me being a little, little kid was my first real clear, clear memory of being like just kind of outside of myself was when I was six years old and I used to wake up in the middle of the night, like all the time, just petrified that I was going to die one day. Like I would just wake up in the middle of the night at, you know, four, five, six years old, you know, random stuff. And, um, and, and just panic and just, oh my God, one one day my consciousness will be nothingness and it will just go black. And I just like, oh my God, the panic of that would, would just freak me out. And so I remember being like, um, in the entryway of our house. And I remember like even the shirt I was wearing to bed and like talking to my mom and just being like, oh mom you know, like I'm, I'm going to die. And she'd be like, Beverly, you're sick. (laughs) (laughs) like yeah but you know suit but one day I'm gonna be 30 and then I'm gonna do be 50 and then I'm gonna be 70 and then I'm gonna be dead and then it's gonna be over and um so I super don't think that's normal (laughs) I don't feel like that's like a normal six-year-old and that really continued up until my teenage years really it honest if I'm honest it continued up until my my awakening um just that like inconsolable recognition in a body without like awareness yet of that I wasn't the body that just this is going to be nothing that all one day like the the curtains are going to draw um yeah like a stark fear of that always and um the other thing I always noticed about myself was that I never like asked other people for opinions like so being a girl right like we get our group of girlfriends and, you know, we maybe, maybe go shopping together or something and you try on outfits and, you know, you ask each other, how does this look or whatever. And I, I kid you not, I, I was never that kid. I, I never solicited other people's input for anything ever. Um, and I know where that comes from. I know that because my mom and my grandmother, her mom, are both very intuitive. And um, always really taught me from a young age to listen to myself, and to always trust my inner voice. And so, yeah. So I I can't really. So I've never known any different um, because I've always been that way. So at a very young age, I was taught to listen to my intuition. Um, and I really. So that I don't know any other way. Mm-hmm. I, I was pretty weird kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can uh, definitely relate to that. One thing that I think is really interesting, um, your early childhood memory, like I had something so similar, and I've never talked to anybody else that really had that um, kind of uh, concept. When I was five or six years old, my aunt committed suicide, and I oh. remember walking on this sheet of ice in like a little ditch by my house and uh, thinking that when I die everything's going to go cold and be black and the sun's going to burn out and it's just going to go on for infinity and just Mm -hmm. cold cold loneliness and when I look back at it now I'm like holy shit that's a heavy thought for like a five or six year old it's cool to like have talked to somebody else that kind of (laughs) got that I guess like totally I'm not I'm not happy that you had to pick that when you were younger, obviously. But like I've never talked to anybody else that's really articulated that. So that's kind of a cool connecting um, thread there. And then I also kind of always dance to the beat of my own drum, many times to, to my own detriment. Um, but also times to where like, I was like ahead of the times in certain ways. Like I remember in fifth grade, I had this hat. It was like a, a flannel, no fear hat, and it had this. The bill was all ripped up just from wearing it so much. Yeah. It picked on me relentlessly, and then the next year, people were going out and buying these hats and spending ten dollars more of their parents' money on the hat because it was a trendy thing. And oh
2: yeah, yeah.
0: The thing I didn't have to pay for the extra hat. Like I just did this naturally. Like, yeah. So many instances like that in my life, and not that like I'm a trendsetter. I I just did it because I liked the hat, but. It's mm-hmm. just Um, One of the things I'm learning now in recovery is how to take other people's opinions in some way. And it's so frustrating to me sometimes because I've had to learn that, like, I'm not always right.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's the hard part when you grow up with, like, a really strong moral compass, huh? You're like, nobody else. I'm good. I've got this.
0: Yeah, nobody else knows anything. Uh, and then I find out, like, I did, I was wrong about a lot of stuff. Crap, like.
1: Oh, God, yeah, that's humbling in itself, right?
0: Yeah, it totally is. One other thing that I pick up, and I, I'm just wondering if this is true, is that you were um, a lot more intelligent than a lot of people uh, in, in your age level or something like that, and it might have caused some turmoil in school and maybe caused you to act out some way or get in trouble. I don't know I either get that or you were straight A's You're like, you know
1: what you know I was not so I was ex- I'm extremely dyslexic so I see things super backwards and I didn't learn that until I was in massage school so <laughs> so I did not do well in school at all I was always really confused um with the schoolwork. now <clears throat> I always had way more um, like social and worldly intelligence than most of my peers. And I attribute that to past lives. Like I feel like learning at such a young age to trust my intuition allowed those past life learnings to come through in this life. Um, So I've always really, really felt strongly. Here's like another weird thing about being a kid, something I've always known that this is my last life in a human body. Mm. So Ooh. I've always known this. And this is like my life to use all the lessons I learned and all those past lives. And it's like, so now I understand why I gave myself a grandmother that could awaken my intuition at a really young age so that I could start using those lessons really young and really fast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So yeah, that, that's another one. That's kind of weird. I don't know if you have any like, knowledge of where you are in the evolutionary path it's something that's a knowing i've always known like i've known i'm a girl type stuff
0: Mm -hmm. um i've always felt like i'm near the end of it and you and i have talked about this before and i had said um that i feel like i'm that buddhist term bodhisattva or something like that
2: oh yeah yeah yeah.
0: i would want to be that
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and I thought about it more after we talked that's not something that I personally get to choose <laughs> I don't no. feel like and I almost wonder if this is like me doing that in some regards where I put myself I sound like a sole contract to be in these extremely difficult situations to learn that stuff to kind of share what I've gained through it and then it's yeah. kind of like if I can navigate through this well enough that I'm kind of done <laughs> yeah
1: yeah see I have like this stark knowing of like I hate our amnesia contract like I'm not coming back here again <laughs> like that's like how like, <laughs> my head is like no <laughs> it's funny yeah and I and I and I definitely feel like I have the choice
0: yes yeah see, I don't feel like I do like I kind of feel like I've been here so many times like it's like when then somebody's staying at a party and you're like, dude, come on, I wanna go to sleep, or we're gonna go somewhere. Hurry up and get your shoes on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's go. Like where I don't know if that's the case. There was a thing too when I was psychotic where I asked to not really be able like this this sounds so weird, but like I, I say it so candidly and I think that there's a lot of truth to it. Like I didn't wanna know the future and I didn't want to know more than I could know, which is one of the reasons why I like tarot cards, cause it's not Direct, and it works more on like a subconscious level of imagery, so it's not like, bam, I know that in two thousand and eighteen I'm gonna be wearing a blue shirt and I'm gonna meet a girl with green shoes and she or, or yes. a woman with green shoes or what you know what I mean, like, yeah. but I kind of feel like I asked to not know certain things, yeah, so I kind of feel like maybe that's part of the reason why it's murky for me, or maybe I'm just not supposed to know because that way I won't be like oh, uh, come on, universe, let's let's renegotiate the terms of my reincarnation clause <laughs> contract.
1: <laughs> right. Give
0: me, I give me one more season
1: or whatever. Totally, yeah. <laughs> and it could be that I'm just, like, a really, like, stubborn, really young soul that I feel like I have this way, and I'm throwing a tantrum. You know, there's always, like, so many different ways <laughs> to look at it. Like, I'm either this really enlightened soul or I'm, like, this baby infant soul that has fucking no idea.
0: <laughs> I think that by being able to play out both of those, it means you're probably – Closer to um, understanding than not,
1: right? Because if yeah. you're just
0: like, I totally am this, like,
1: <laughs> then you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's like this paradox constantly.
0: <laughs> I notice whenever I'm in paradox, like I'm normally closer to the truth than when I have a definitive answer. Yes. But that isn't always, always. <laughs> the yeah. case.
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Um, You kind of got said when you noticed and in what first instance you noticed you were different. um, What superpowers do you possess or what superpowers would you want?
1: Oh, man. Okay. Superpowers. Whoosh. So. I feel like the biggest And this isn't like really a superpower, but it's kind of just going back on my like issue with our amnesia contract. I just kind of want to awaken up everybody. (laughs) I wanna awaken everybody and like have a giant love fest and (laughs) have like a giant like remembering party. Um honestly, that's that's really what I wanna do. Um, I mean, I feel like it's kind of funny because in my work, I feel like I slowly kind of awaken people in what I do just with the natural progression of bringing them back to connection with their body, which brings them to that separation of body and self, which, you know, brings them back to that soul seat, which I, I mean, I feel like I'm on that path. Like it's kind of what I do mm-hmm. already is like, I I kind of nudge people along on their, um, waking up to the true nature of reality thing. um, but yeah I, that's really like the only like when I look at myself and ask myself like what do, what would you what would you really want like what would be perfect? I would come here without amnesia and we'd all remember
0: <laughs> hmm I think that that's interesting. I almost feel like it's it's kind of like that's part of what happens when like we incarnate like we do have to lose it so kind of like when we're in like true source or whatever. This is like what happens when you black out in true source. (laughs) You like wake up, oh man, I reincarnated again. Oh crap. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I know, like there's obvious reasons that the amnesia contract is in use.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like being connected to infinity might be a little bit much (laughs) with our hardware.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs)
0: when I was psychotic I tried to understand infinity and holy crap that's pretty much what happened like before I ended up in the psych ward all these numbers and things fractaling off and branching off and trying to understand all of the past and all of the future and like all of it being at one moment
1: oh no and our brains like our human brain is not meant to it's yeah, not, it's not meant to understand that at all <laughs> we can't you'll make your- it like
0: trying to do quantum computing on a on yeah. like a, on a regular computer <laughs>
1: right right it's not gonna work um yeah yeah
0: i like that superpower yeah,
1: or something i'd love i mean sure i'd love to fly
0: <laughs> that would be awesome too i always wanted to learn muscle memetics like i still want that to be my superpower are you familiar with what that is uh, no it's like I can watch somebody do something and then I can do it. Like if, if I saw Jimmy, uh, Jimi Hendrix play whatever on the guitar, I can play it exactly like Jimi Hendrix yeah. after watching it once.
1: That would I mean, be awesome.
0: I always think of the Matrix tour It's like, I know Kung Fu. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Yeah. Program <laughs> download. Yeah. That, <laughs> would be, yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be so cool. Um,
1: <laughs> Maybe that is how it is. Maybe that is how it is. And we're not asking the right combination of questions. <laughs>
0: I think that it is how it is, but it's just a matter of having to do the work to actually train those muscles. Cause I've learned guitar from watching um, stuff on YouTube or things like that. I've never taken a traditional lesson. Yeah, uh, It's just a matter of, there's a line in, in a 21 pilot song. I don't have writers block by writer just hates the clock. And it's like, <laughs> I have muscle memetics. I just hate the time frame that it's it's downloading into me. And the fact that I have to do the work and mm-hmm. A lazy american male i want it quick and fast and without any effort
1: <laughs> oh, right totally <laughs> i know
0: <laughs> peter griffin from family guy was my spirit animal for a while and there was this episode where he talks about anything that i'm not instantly good at isn't worth my time <laughs> that was like my unintentional mantra for the majority of my life why am i not better at the guitar and I would, I would try to get drunk and like smoke pot and eat shrooms to like learn how to play it. Like, I'm going to be better if I, like, this is what all these rock stars do. This is must be how they learn. No.
1: No, no, no. They were, we <laughs> were given gifts and
0: then those, those substances didn't affect it. <laughs> yeah. how that I remember being on shrooms and like just plucking strings on the guitar being like, whoa, that's so deep. This could totally be a song. <laughs> I come down and I'm like Oh that's just hitting like the low E string Oh, oh
1: my long. god I know, I know I remember <laughs> in high school we used to like record ourselves when we'd get high because we were like convinced we had all these like really intelligent ideas and the first time we played it back it was just like dur, dur. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of nonsense like oh we, oh never mind we're never doing that again <laughs>
0: Have you ever heard of the comedian Brian Pochen talk about that concept? Uh, no. He talks about like writing down a joke and it being like chicken monkey or something. <laughs> it's like, what was that? I don't know, but it was so funny, man.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So not at
1: our smartest, not at our smartest.
0: <laughs> no, like when I think of like some of the, my sense of humor when I was stoned, I'm like, I guess it is funny, like in some capacities, but it's, I'd be like, that's so profound and so deep. <laughs> I'm like, now, a, now I'm like, I guess it was profound and deep enough for somebody stone to like figure it. Figure, <laughs> and not to like minimize. I think that pot does have some good benefits. It doesn't for me anymore, but like. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, has- I didn't necessarily do my best thinking. <laughs>
1: no, it's like, but now it's like now when I use it, I know that I'm going to a lower frequency. Like I'm not going to be receiving. I'm going to do this to like disconnect. It's a, it's a conscious choice now to disconnect which you know happens even as as far along as you get on this journey sometimes you constantly consciously want to disconnect
0: i do that through video games now it's definitely a lower vibrational thing but you have to have escapism in some senses. like escapism is kind of bastardized again in modern culture that's just escapism it's so necessary there's a reason why it exists
1: I feel like and especially as you learn to like listen to your intuition, like you have to give your brain and your mind something to do sometimes so it shuts up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes I play Candy Crush mindlessly because I need my mind to like get tired and be busy so I can be creative and do other things. You mm-hmm. know, with, with the actual me, it yeah, it's necessary.
0: Yeah, totally. Like, I can't think about, like, spirituality and philosophy and refining myself and trying to do all this crap. I, I mean, I, I've tried before, and it's exhausting. I end up being bitter towards myself, and <laughs> then I reflect it on other people and project my shortcomings onto them and wonder why they're not perfect like I am. Right. <laughs> right. I, just, I, I really get humbled.
1: Why can't everybody else figure it out? I figured it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so much smarter.
1: I'm so awake. <laughs>
0: I I definitely thought that before too. And most of the time I realize how stupid I am, surely. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. This this, is those last little tail end ego traps when you like fully wake up. It's like, oh, I'm so much more awake than everybody else. Oh, right. No. (laughs) Ego trap still. Yeah,
0: there's so many of those. It's like walking through a pyramid and having all these little booby traps. And some of them you like think you found the treasure room or whatever. And then you're like, ah. this is all pyrite like
2: exactly exactly <laughs> i know <laughs> the struggle
1: is real
0: <laughs> yeah the one thing that i've come to the conclusion there isn't really any quote unquote treasure room it's constantly redefined and growing as you like grow and your understanding develops. as it furthers and it's more about like seeing everything as golden and treasure rather than any other kind of of treasure really i mean there are some material rewards but in, in the truest sense of the way, those are the transient gifts because exactly. when, when I'm done with the Ross Cessna experience at Earth Mountain or <laughs> whatever it is, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like a cheesy <laughs> amusement park name for Earth. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> when I'm done with that. I got to put all those little doodads back on the shelf and go back to wherever my, my soul's from or whatever it is, okay. you know?
1: Whatever Amazon warehouse we uh, we return to,
0: <laughs> the great big Amazon warehouse in the sky. Right, and I'll come back as a Furby in nineteen ninety. <laughs> Seriously,
1: right, Beanie Baby?
0: <laughs> I would never want to be a Beanie Baby. <laughs> no, That's what I'm going to get down Amazon next. Time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wouldn't want to be an Amazon warehouse. I'll be like a Beanie Baby in like. Somebody's collection that still has them because they forgot to sell them when they were like high at market value. And this smells like cigarettes and cats that in there. That's gonna be my punishment for wanting to be a
1: forgotten beanie baby. That is nice. That's an awesome thing to think
0: about. Um, What circumstances do you feel shaped your life?
1: um traveling for sure uh i feel like i had like all this built up um stuff before i started traveling so i had like a, another life where like i worked in finance and had like a corporate persona versus a real me persona and so that's like um that's the life i used to live in this body <laughs> And then I traveled and everything kind of changed. So that's definitely, I would say, um, the biggest circumstance to shape my life. Um, so I traveled alone. Um, primarily, I had a friend meet me in some random places, but primarily I was alone during my travels and I traveled throughout Europe and Canada and at Costa Rica. I went to as well when I did these things alone and it forced me to be okay with being alone. Um I've always kind of been a loner. Um I never had like a bunch of friends, but the things I would do with my alone time were very different. So when I was alone before, I would abuse myself, drink alcohol, take drugs, um overeat, undereat, Uh, pretty much everything I could do um, to hurt myself. So then I started traveling and started seeing other things in the world. I didn't have to just sit in my room and like think about how much I hated my life or myself. I had all these other things to do. I was seeing these places that have been here for thousands of years. And it forced me to kind of focus on the outside, which in a weird way kind of allowed me to come back inside in a, through a different door, like in a different way, um, to where I was looking at myself as somebody who's accomplished all these things, somebody who was unhappy, but that picked up and changed everything overnight. So I all of a sudden became somebody that I was really proud to be, which allowed me to go back into myself and 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 get to know that person in a different way and actually ask the questions, okay, what do you need? What would make you feel better instead of God, why do you do that? Why do you like that? Why are you blah 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 blah? You know. <laughs> uh so yeah, traveling, traveling and and my, and my in my uh my grandmother obviously, um, really early, her her influence definitely shaped who I am now.
0: I resonate with um, that a lot too. In my personal experience, I travel a lot with my grandparents when I was younger because uh, they sold gems and minerals. So I'd go with them to like Friendship, Indiana to a gem and mineral show or to like uh, Spruce Pine, North Carolina to a gem and mineral show. Um, cool. And when my parents were still married, we'd go travel and visit them. I had family in a couple different states. And then when I was older too, I left Ohio when I was around 22 and moved to Las Vegas and I lived in Washington state, about an hour north of Seattle for a summer. Then I was homeless on the beach in uh, Northern California for a couple of weeks back to Vegas, Ohio, Vegas, Ohio. Geez, uh, wow, yeah. Cali. Then I lived Damn. down in the Florida Keys for a bit then back to Cali. And all that traveling, it, it really is um, so open, like eye awakening, because it, like, it gets you out of that, um, or eye opening, <laughs> but it gets you out of like that... Um, that standard modality of this is how life is everywhere this is how it's always going to be i believe terrence McKenna made it a a comparison to traveling being like a psychedelic experience and he said that sense it like it puts you in a different state of consciousness because of the cultural operating system here in Youngstown Ohio is completely different than what it was when I lived in Las Vegas, what it was when I lived north of Seattle, what it was, you know what I mean? Every other place I've been. Yeah. And that opens and broadens your horizon so much. You're no longer in this little cubicle. And it. I've learned so much from, I learned about different cultures. I learned to respect people of all different ethnicities. Not that I, I didn't before, but having that direct experience with it, um, I remember when I first moved to Las Vegas, I saw these homeless people and I had never really seen homeless people. I had such profound respect for them, which is good because shortly thereafter I ended up homeless several times throughout my life. And like, I actually consciously wanted that experience because I found it so liberating. Um, It's not as glorifying as I thought it would be, (laughs) (laughs) as I thought it would be. Um, (laughs) But I'm grateful. I don't know, like traveling, it's so fundamental and it's, so crucial as developing and then family members i feel bad for people that kind of have a negative view of their family members because sometimes it's not specifically the family it's like their own blockage of it and they miss out on really great nuances of people and grandparents have such a wealth of information that some people may miss out on um if you think about what it was like when our grandparents were born, mine were born in like the twenties. I want to say, mm-hmm. I assume years are around there as well. Yeah. On yeah. as well. Um, the world has changed so much in that time. I, I mean, flight was relatively new then like radio communications was only like less than 20 or 30 years old. And now we can talk to anybody anywhere and see physically see them like holy crap talking (laughs) about like having to to deal with the world changing before your eyes like yeah i mean even from when i was a kid or when you were a kid the world's completely completely different and it's getting more and more different at an astronomical pace so to see somebody at the start of that um they have a, a bunch of information I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. It's a it's a trip. I mean, even just think of, you know, I remember when it's like, you know, you have to find the, you know, time where mom and dad aren't on the phone so I can steal the line for AOL. You know? I mean yeah. that one you know, and like hope nobody calls. Um I forgot you know, about that because
0: it would it, kick you a off.
1: Trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Remember, like, you know, oh God, okay, mom's leaving for a couple hours. Awesome. Let me grab the phone cord, throw it in the computer. You know, and hope that she doesn't call and kick me off. Yeah, it's a trip, right? It's a trip to see how things change, and yeah, it's a trip. And I, I, yeah, I wish the younger generation would. And and some of them are. What's weird is this new generation is coming out with like all this wisdom that it took me freaking thirty years to gain. (laughs) So that's exciting, Um, and yeah, I think they are starting to recognize once again. I think our generation might have skipped it, you know, how much we, we care and we should really listen to our grandparents and the story that they, they have. And, um, I'm excited about this new wave, new wave of like 20 year olds, because they're, like I said, they're like where I, it took me like 35 years to get,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which is pretty awesome with all this stuff. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is gonna make me sound like a, a bitter old man about it back in my day though we had to go to the library to learn stuff they have all this information out there.
1: i know that's the thing yeah but
0: i think that that's such a big deal on it i mean not that we didn't have the internet at some point in our lives but they had a head start on it because they've been introduced to it at an early age and the way that it's organized now is so much easier the connectivity of it um that's awesome. Like I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I learned everything the way that I did too. So
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, Grandparents.
0: That's the thing, though. Like You can learn a lot from grandparents. You can learn a lot from younger people. It's the people mm-hmm. in the middle. You have, no,
2: yeah, right, right. Don't,
0: let it means, don't talk
2: to us. <laughs> <laughs> older or younger.
0: Well, that's a good thing. We're older than some people and younger right. than some. So <laughs> we right. still have wisdom for some people.
1: There's like five-year-olds that really get me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true.
0: <laughs> no I, I don't doubt it my niece and nephew they have such a like my nephew really kind of gets me but I try to use a lot of puns and I'm like very cerebral and I ask them like riddle like <laughs> questions That's
2: awesome I can think
0: <laughs> my niece just looks at me like oh she sees yeah
1: she <laughs> can see right through you she's a woman <laughs>
0: She was looking like I'm, I don't want your shenanigans, Uncle.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Be right. real with it. Come real. <laughs> Talk straight. <laughs> oh my
2: god, I love it.
0: Um, what positive lessons did you learn from your negative experiences?
1: Um, I feel like the biggest lesson is always to trust. Um, to have faith. Oh my gosh. So. Every I like and I just tell you everything works out the way it's supposed to. <laughs> everything works out the way it's supposed to. Even that stuff that you're like, "No, this is exactly what I want. It's not. like if it didn't work, it's not what you wanted. It's just not. Um, that has been the biggest, biggest thing for me. having faith um having faith in something. Having faith in anything. um, I was somebody who got upset about everything. (laughs) Like everything annoyed me. I I could, you could be perfect, right? In six months, I'd have picked you apart where there's not a single thing I like about you left. You know, that was was me. I was just, God, I I just, I let my mind control me. Um, So now I just, when things don't go right, instead of going to that over analytical space, To why not, why not, why not? I just, I cut my losses. I have faith in something and and that it'll work out. If I have faith in something, I have faith in everything. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that means that anything is possible. So as long as I can just have faith and trust, 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 like trust even this, you know, craziness that's going on in the world, trust from a perspective you can't see that it's the best thing, you know, like not um, relying on my frame of life so much was huge. Like, I don't see everything. I don't see everything. I don't see all angles. I don't, therefore there's a lot I don't see. And if there's a lot I don't see, then there's a lot that anything could be and the the possibility is just absolutely endless.
0: Wow, that vibes with me too completely. I learned that sometimes getting what I want isn't actually what I want when I get it. (laughs) And oftentimes the things that I don't want to work out, I end up with something better than I could have imagined. Um, One of the principles in recovery is kind of surrendering to things happening and just accepting them at face value and not having expectations. Very difficult to learn sometimes. I don't always practice it, but it's so much easier. And um, there comes a point where I've realized, and I still realize it again and again, sometimes um, I'm resisting reality and fighting against things going away. And the thing is, I'm actually just fighting with myself more yeah. so that it's exhausting. Uh, yeah. It's easier just to be like, well, this is going to work out how it's supposed to. And like you said, I don't see every angle and um, yeah. I'm just going to go with it and see what happens because uh, yeah. it's going to happen regardless of if I make myself crazy, upset, angry, whatever about it. It's still going to have the same results. I'm not going to change anything. I'm just going to exhaust myself, make everybody else around me miserable and make myself miserable in the inner <laughs> so, Yeah. Or give yourself a heart attack or
1: yeah, give yourself these physical ailments that come with unnecessary stress.
0: Oh yeah. That's the one thing I don't think some people realize is how many conditions are premeditated by stress and like the biopsychosocial element of disease and like mental illness or any of that kind of stuff. It's all relative to how, what you think how you act who you surround yourself with this, that, and the other um, and
1: it changes like day to day I mean I don't know about you but like I'm a totally different person every day like if you take me to a clinic they're probably going to call me bipolar mm-hmm. but it's just <laughs> not and it's not that quick I'm not bipolar but you know what I mean it's, it's not that those things don't exist they do the psychosis absolutely exists and there's medication that is needed don't get me wrong but there's so much happening where we just now it's become a business. The problem is that that, that treatment of ailments became a business. So now we're calling everything that's slightly to the left a psychosis, mm-hmm. and that's really dangerous. It, that's just a really really dangerous. So it's really nice that we have more holistic practitioners out there. You know, energy workers, mm-hmm. acupuncturists, Chinese medicine perspective doctors that look at the whole body and the emotions for disconnect instead of just you know big pharma here's a pill i think it's happening at equal rates luckily
0: (laughs) yeah i i've noticed that like from my perspective uh, of somebody that's been kind of in in like the midst of that i think a lot of people that kind of have spiritual awakenings have been too I think that it's like just our culture's label of similar things that older cultures have labeled under spiritual awakening, spiritual emergence, um, gift of a healer, all that kind of stuff. Cause in shamanic cultures, those, that kind of gift was predetermined by quote unquote soul sickness or near death experiences or that kind of stuff. And um, I mean, if you look at it from a consumer culture standpoint, it's absolutely disruptive to the produce and consumption cycle, uh, mental illnesses. And they kind of give you this cure. One of the things that I thought about, um, since I had to be on mental health medication and then I've recently come off of it and I'm you. well, yeah, I'm so, I'm so grateful. Yeah, Thank you. Um, I kind of feel like since culture in some ways, and I, I don't want to bastardize culture cause it's what I make of it. But, um, I kind of feel like because this kind of Western culture kind of created a lot of those ailments in me mm-hmm. in some capacity that it had to be cured with their kind of medication, if that makes sense. And that may be a little bit woo-woo, but I have a, a strong inclination that I had to. And now that I kind of restored equilibrium and I took more—I um, don't want to say it took more power—I
1: don't know. However,
0: I, however I phrase it, I took more power, took control of my own recovery.
1: Mm -hmm. And started
0: um, working internally and using a lot of um, Eastern philosophy, using a lot of different principles of different spiritual teachings or things like that, that now that's strong enough to where I don't need the medication. And granted, it's a crap ton of work. And I don't know that it's suited for everybody and and, um, instant gratification culture. Cause there's a lot of Peter Griffins out there that want everything to be, to be instantly good at everything. And if it's not, if they can't instantly be cured of um, bipolar borderline personality disorder or depression, then they're never going to be.
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, it's their identity too. You know, it's who they are. You know, I have this condition and that goes back to, you know, the people who are looking for it will find it and you have to it all goes back to respecting everybody's path you know if a lot of people came here to stay asleep and to you know do these things and be learn that lesson they haven't learned it yet maybe we've already learned it maybe that's why we're so against it maybe we have yet to learn it and why we're so against it it's it's trusting
0: I just Trust. had an interesting thought when you were saying that what if the people that aren't awake now already learned it and they're just kind of sleepwalking mode and we're the ones that are like figuring it out and like I I kind of feel like some people have to be switched off anyhow because if you're in like an energetic sense you don't walk around the house with every light bulb on I mean you can (laughs) but it's
1: exactly or like you know the things need to get done like we need you need to do stuff if everybody's like on the journey we're on then you've got a lot of people like sitting around and thinking versus you know building bridges and creating roads and you know arguing the case at court like you know it it, yeah it's it's recognizing that just because we're on this path we're not farther along on any effing path
2: like Mm, absolutely a
1: different place on it like who's to say we're not like the infant souls that that's Yeah, that's really important to me. I get really into that, like, I don't like that divide because you get these ultra spiritual people that just go straight, pop straight back to the duality part of it. And well, I'm more enlightened than that. And that's like, you don't know that, man. Like the fact that you think that, clearly you're (laughs) infant.
0: Yeah, this line of talk made me think of something else that I experienced in psychosis. And I want to know what your opinion on this is in some regards. One of the things was that I felt like there was moments of like supreme consciousness or whatever, but it was kind of like this part here. I realize is just a psychosis in some sense, but it was translated by like transmitted by like a lighter. Like somebody would give me a lighter, and the, the spark of it kind of represented like the Olympic torch of consciousness in, in some regard. Do you follow that kind of concept? Uh, okay, and totally. Now I, I'm really um, thinking about that with what we were talking about, and I'm wondering if like in moments when i'm not humble and i revert back to that kind of um state of n- non-awareness temporarily mm-hmm. if that kind of spark has transmitted somewhere else and it's just kind of cycling back to me in some way
1: totally yeah yeah do you get like the sense of deja vu all the time
0: i don't so much anymore cuz i kind of feel like i'm going in a different direction i did before at times interesting. though interesting yeah that's I, cool yeah, I mean, I used to have it a lot. I really feel like in some senses that I'm kind of like fluctuating. Like I had this weird thought the other day too. It was about being the highest version of myself. And I was thinking, well, I can't be the highest version of myself because they have to be doing this, this. And and like, it was like this perfect, like really Mm -hmm. thing. And then I thought about it. I was like, well, maybe I am the highest version of myself because I'm not perfect, but I'm happier than the other ones like and i don't I don't know like if there's any definitive understanding of how I could know that, but it's it was really interesting to like think about that like I have this naive assumption that the highest version of myself is the most productive, most uh, adjusted to a social structure that I don't really agree with. who's to say that I'm not just because I'm not? I don't know. Like, it's so, it was so weird to me.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting. That's like, to me, that screams like such a marriage of like belief system, old belief system mixed with like actual your knowledge. Cause it's like here on this one, on this one side, you speak of, you know, to be my enlightened full self, I need to be this, this, and this. I mean, that just screams belief system that screams, you know, deep seated subconscious ideas of enlightenment.
2: Mhm
1: And that comes from i mean, and that seeps in there, like we you know when we read all these books and we we you know follow this path, it can be really easy to be- it can it can get harder to differentiate kind of what your thoughts are versus like what you read in a book or your belief system subconscious sliding in the back door. It sounds like such a you're still working that out.
0: Yeah, there's no definitive way that I could ever know. I mean, even maybe it's one of those things like I am, I'm the highest version if I think I am, but not in like an egotistical sense. But I always struggle with this too. Like if I question something, does that make it more true than if I don't? (laughs) Like, I don't know, like... I would say like I'm not being egotistical but I'm like am I being egotistical because I think I'm not being and it falls in like that paradoxical riddle totally. where no true answer so then it's like yes. am I being yeah. I don't know I don't really spend that much time totally. thinking, but I just want to same, bring it up. It's,
1: Yeah it's that same idea of like you're not god if you think you are Mhm but like as soon as you recognize that you are God, but that you're not God, you are God. Like it's that, you know what I mean? It's that super like it's just it's a it's a it's a tightrope you walk on.
0: Because it's kind of like a dog chasing its own thing.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, because the human mind is not capable of truly grasping that. I just I truly believe that our human mind is not capable, it's a computer, it's not capable of that abstract mm-hmm. thought. We haven't we haven't inputted that that program yet
0: (laughs) yeah maybe it's kind of like when I think I'm I'm my highest version of myself and it transitions to me in another dimension and he's like ah that master thought he was the highest self
1: all the time and that higher self in that other dimension is like well here I am again I popped back he keeps summoning me but his human mind can't see me
0: (laughs) it probably is it probably is like that spark concept too where it comes and goes and well
1: that i mean the the spark with the flame i mean that we're all derived from one flame this fire you know it's all there's so many deep levels to that but that i feel like that too occasionally like i'll see a spark of a plane and uh, a flame and there's like recognition beyond Mm -hmm. just that somebody sparked a lighter yeah yeah what's
0: up soul family how you doing
1: (laughs) (laughs) right like you feel a little
0: Bit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah totally. I think that that's a good way to describe enlightenment too, kind of like the Olympic torch thing because I've definitely had moments of enlightenment and I don't ever think it's a fixed state. Like I used to. Uh, when am I gonna reach yeah. enlightenment? It's like Here I am. Yeah, I had a moment where I felt like I really did hit enlightenment and I instantly forgot everything that happened after it. I'm like, that must have really been it. Cause like I don't I can't I was like, I can't wait to tell everybody this. <laughs> yeah, And it's gone.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: I know I know <laughs> <laughs> and I made me realize how foolish I was for thinking that I could think it or like all this other stuff Totally. Um, I have some more questions I realize that we're running a little bit um late I don't want to take up too much of your time do you want me yeah. to just kind of go through them and I'll I'll listen more than, than, than talk
1: oh so <laughs> yeah <good. laughs> sorry I, I
0: like to we or just
1: skip around to the questions that you really care about. I don't know.
0: Okay, um what philosophy, spirituality, or religions do you find most align with your understanding, and please explain them as they apply to you
1: okay, um, I like this question. I actually like this question a lot. I didn't have to think about this question that much um because I was not raised under any religion um So I was baptized Lutheran, I think, which is like, I think Christian basically. Um, I went to church, like a Catholic church a couple times with like friends in middle school. Um, So I, I grew up with like no frame of reference for religion, which is awesome, which was amazing because it allowed me to pick up books and not be offended by anything. Or not like you know have to battle some um, really strong uh, religious belief system that I had built from you know birth. Um, So it was really cool to find my own. Um, I do so so I can't say what religions I identified with, right? Um, But I can say that like the Buddhist idea of nothingness, I can absolutely identify with. Like I definitely, when I think of me, right? I think of myself as a soul or whatever, not my body. I can absolutely think that I am nothing and I just return like a wave is to the ocean. And that feels really, really good to me. Now, when I think about the fact that, oh my God, I'm nothing and ego gets involved, then it's like, really, what do you mean I'm nothing? Oh my God, like, ah, how can I, I'm so important and ah, my ideas are everything, and, ah, you know? And so that tells me like, that's not what it is. Like, because because I wanna hang on to my individuality so much, um, I know that that's, that can't be true. I know that that's ego and mind. So I do identify with the, I, the Buddhist idea of, you know, we are truly nothing. Um, now I don't agree with the Buddhist idea of having nothing (laughs) because I, you know, have stuff like I, I have a cell phone. I am talking to you on a computer. Like I have things. So obviously I don't, um, follow the Buddhist religion. I don't follow any at all. Um, yeah, I kind of, I, I'm really big on if it, if it makes sense, if I feel it, if I hear something and I feel it somewhere other than my brain, um, I will look into it farther. You know, I, I really, yeah, I really, that's like, if it sounds right to me, I do it. And if that happens to be Jewish or, you know, Protestant, or I don't, then that works for me. I kind of marry it all
0: i totally get that that's kind of what uh how i identify and i found stuff in the Kabbalah that resonates with me i found Mm -hmm. stuff in shamanism all sorts of religions because many of them um talk about all the same concepts it's different um symbolism and and different words different allegories things like that but a lot of the same principles are there i like how you brought up like uh, the buddhist thing of like not having things that was one of the things that like I really struggled with it various times I really tried to disconnect from self and I had this one thought before where attachment to non-attachment is non-attachment too and it's like so funny and then I read um, I read this book on I have this daily book of Taoism called the daily Tao and it talked about how um, that kind of modality really worked back then But it's okay to modernize it because the Tao is fluid or whatever. So in a a practical sense, to live in the modern world, it has to be somewhat modernized. And it's still the Tao because how could it be anything else? So it's like, this is how we exist. This is how we survive now with, with these things. And you'd be less integrated into the Tao if you were trying to be resistant to the way that it was structured. It's just not controlled by it. And when I read that, I was like, wow, that's so profound because it's really in this mindset of like, I can't have this stuff. I can't have money. I can't do this. I should go be homeless and like live on the beach with the guitar and how could I help people that way yeah that
1: sounds like the church I mean that sounds like catholicism it's like you know you can't have these things you need to give it all to everybody else yeah you should
2: feel guilty for anything
0: everything (laughs) okay but
1: yeah I'm sad I got nothing
0: (laughs) I think that like a lot of um catholicism or, or whatever is like subconsciously ingrained in our culture too yeah when I was psychotic I had like these features of like uh, like that kind of religion or christian religion i can't differentiate any of that kind of stuff because i've yeah. never me neither what i've studied the least because it's the least appealing to me um
2: yeah just looking at its
0: history all the bloodshed and violence and totally all stuff but um there was like images of jesus and satan and all this stuff and like i went to church once when i was psychotic and happened to be like communion or something they give you a wafer and some wine or grape juice or whatever. Sure. yeah and like i didn't eat the wafer because i didn't know i was supposed to and then the priest <laughs> like scolded me afterwards and i'm like i gave this a shot like i'm never coming back here again
1: <laughs> right like i've already done it wrong i was here for like four minutes and i already am, i've done something wrong
0: i guess i'm yeah. going to hell now <laughs> I, don't I don't
1: identify
0: with that no uh, spirituality is supposed to be fun and like i mean there's definitely stuff you got to work through but I I like how you phrase it it. (laughs)
1: like it shouldn't be to bring you to nothingness it shouldn't be to bring you to your knees in despair or lacking
0: yeah it's like to celebrate that you are nothing and to feel like you're everything because you are nothing but you're nothing because you're everything
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly
0: not to feel guilty because you want to experience like material reality or because you made a mistake or you're going to burn an eternal damnation for making one mistake in a transient life of
1: in a of blip life. in a blip like your your <laughs> life your life is a teardrop in the scheme of time
0: <laughs> yeah the, i mean there's a lot of, of good points in that religion i think that they're modernized and that like they're they're misconstrued because like thinking about it logically how could all loving all powerful god create something then damn it these are my right. children but you colored on the wall so now for the rest of your life and into eternity you're going to be punished for for doing something that really actually doesn't matter in the long
1: run Like <laughs> Well, and to think like he's got time to even worry about like half the things that they think he's
0: worried about, yeah, or like that it's even like personified in the sense that it's just like this energetic consciousness or whatever, like we're just like a synapse in the brain or the like the sensory perception of whatever it is, exactly a like flying spaghetti monster
2: <laughs> flying spaghetti,
0: you ever hear of that uh, there's a church, the church of the flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> um what do you perceive as your life's purpose?
1: Oh God, what is my life purpose? Wow.
0: <clears throat> That's kind uh, of a heavy question.
1: I know, I know. We were we were like laughing about
0: in three get, words, oh, like, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: just joking. Uh, what is your life purpose? Um <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so uh definitely so I think I think we all have the same life purpose. I think our purpose is our presence.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, It truly is a present. It's a gift, right? There's so many words here. And I I truly think that each of us holds within us um, that gift of presence that truly only we can bring. So when I sit with somebody, it's a different presence than if you sit with somebody. Um, I truly think that that, is what we are here to do even though it's actually not doing so noticing that our biggest you know life mission is to actually just be to not not do anything but just to lend our presence to somebody um and so that so how i bring presence is through touch so i bring my presence through touching you sitting with you, listening to your body, listening to your energy field. Um, yeah, that's
2: that's my gift. I really like how you phrased all that. Thanks.
1: think
0: that yeah. was very beautifully said.
1: <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, I don't think it has to be beyond that. I don't, I don't think like I'm here to, you know, save all the you know, orphaned kittens, but, you know, I, I do volunteer at the, the shelter, you know what I mean? Like I do these things. I don't feel like that's what I'm here to do. I think it's much simpler than that. It's much simpler. Um, you know, it, it the, the big CEO of a business, you know, that's his presence. He's being his, he's bringing his presence there only that he can bring.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. Cause when, I, when I was psychotic and again, I thought that I had to save the world and I thought that I was like this Messiah and only I could do it.
2: Yeah. Sure. holy
0: crap is that exhausting just even thinking that like, right? puts that's a little bit awesome. of a pressure on you <laughs> talk about having the world on your shoulders oh. I, mean, I was definitely like Atlas in that situation <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yeah that's heavy man that's way too heavy
0: it was about as heavy as the world is <laughs> many
1: yep, it was yeah you literally are carrying the world on your shoulders if you come out and say I'm going to change the world <laughs> and okay? it's like
0: yeah, I still try to be and I still try to, to change the world, but I do it. Hold the door for somebody. Say hello. Smile. Um let somebody cut in front of me in traffic. Like not be an asshole when I really want to be be an asshole. Yes. <laughs> it actually benefits me too.
1: Totally. No, everybody wins in this life purpose thing. Everybody wins. When I sit with somebody and I touch them, I am getting just as much, if not more, back from them. I mean it's it's totally like criminal that I, I make money off this <laughs> I mean I gotta live too yeah. uh, but you know if I if it is a labor of love if, if I could if I could you know if, if if um society exchanged in in love I would only charge love <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah if there was a way to like pay for a house or apartment yeah. rent and your car payment all that stuff with yeah. it that's the thing like a lot of people have this concept that spiritual people shouldn't charge for stuff And it's like, so you think we should work two jobs and offer our (laughs) services for free?
1: Yeah, that's all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that makes total sense. Let's make us slaves. Like That sounds like a good way to disempower people and persuade people not to do it.
1: Exactly, exactly. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's it's funny how that is. Um, Well, since you said your goal is just being, I feel that in order to work towards your goal, you just have to be. So that kind of shoots Yeah.
1: Self-care, yeah, self-care and just being
0: yeah Uh, listening
1: to yourself like i can't ask people to pay me to do things i'm not even doing for myself that's the biggest thing is i really i get regular energy work i get regular massage that's super important because um yeah and the work that i do i if i don't make sure i know what my shit is then i can misperceive it as yours and that's you know that's dangerous now we're talking injured healer stuff we're talking you know not not helping people at all um so yeah it's really really vital that i constantly check in with myself whether that's meditating um i'm a big bath taker so i take baths every night as ritual and that's my time i don't bring my phone in there i don't bring anything in there other than some epsom salt <laughs> and uh i just i gather and that's kind of my my meditation and checking in with with me
0: i think i like self care is part of what you need to do to do your goal cuz that was one of the thing yeah. um when i was trying to be a people pleaser is i would never really take care of myself and i would get burnout cuz i would have these concealed contracts with people where they, my needs weren't getting met cuz i never had an agreement i was acting like i was doing stuff selflessly but mm-hmm. i really had some hidden motive like if i do this nice thing for this girl she should hook up with me then she right.
2: like,
0: totally wouldn't and i'd be like "I am <laughs> <blue." laughs> <Yeah. laughs> then they'd be like i don't want to talk to you anymore you're kind of an asshole and I'm like well crap <laughs>
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah but like when i take care of myself I feel better about myself. I don't put other demands on other people. I'm responsible for myself for how, if I feel good or if I feel bad, Um, and that puts me in a better position for everybody. And like you said, um, with what I'm doing, part of my thing is like trying to, to get people to think in some ways or just raise awareness or bring different perspectives to people. And if I'm not evaluating myself, I can just be spreading a bunch of toxicity. If I'm not being genuine or being honest, And completely going against what I stand for. And eventually that's going to catch up to me and knowing that I'm living a lie again.
2: Mm -hmm. I don't want to live
0: a lie anymore. I've done that for 32 years, 31 years of my life or however long. Like That's so much more exhausting than being truthful and calling myself all my own bullcrap and having to work on myself.
1: Totally, totally. And it's that whole old thing, you know, like with the, with the airplane thing, you know, the oxygen mask drops down, you got to grab yours. Like you can't, you can't help anybody if you know, you're worried about every, everybody else's oxygen mask. And
0: yeah, you can't give what you don't have, you can't pour from an empty vessel.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if you're not doing these things, then you're not in this, this work for the right, for the right reasons.
0: No, totally. Yeah. If you're running yourself ragged and then just trying to to make money off people, yeah. then it comes down to this whole thing. I can't think of the word now. Um, whatever. I think we covered it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we nailed it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had to describe your personal philosophy or condense your life experience into a few words, what would it be? oh this is my quiz face
1: i like it um uh, uh, well um shameless plug here to just be (laughs) um to just be honestly that's really 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 big um to allow um to be open to what
2: you feel what you hear
1: and trust it when it comes. Um, a lot of people I hear like get like, oh, I, I thought about that, but I didn't do it. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I don't know. Did you, did you want source to like knock on your door, slap you over the head, sit you down and say, do this? I mean, that's not how it's gonna work. So you got, you got to trust, um, you know, those little, those pieces that come in. And I often hear people, well, it was, I thought it was my imagination oh man, what's the difference? Mm. <laughs> like, what if I told, what if like from birth, we were told God's source speaks to you through your imagination? Man, none of us, every day we'd say, oh yeah, source said this, I got confirmation from this. Like, that's that's how I feel like we need to flip the, the script
0: mm-hmm.
1: is mm. what is your imagination? How do you know that it's not source speaking to
0: you? mm No, I definitely resonate with that because like for a long time, I mean, from a medical health standpoint, when I went in there and I told them some of the things that were going on, they identified it as mental illness. And I think that's one of the reasons why people kind of dissuade themselves from that. But even the stuff, even like the standard reality that we perceive is still illusion because we can't decipher every bit of information that's there in front of us. So we simplify it and then we filter it through our own lens of understanding or perception. So it's yeah. all it's all imagination. It's just that for some reason we've vilified probably the stuff that can be more useful than the stuff that doesn't really matter. Oh, look at that Budweiser sign. That chick's hot mm-hmm. beer looks I'm cool.
2: thirsty. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rather than like seeing like some numbers or like some little um synchronicity and being like, Wow, that's incredibly profound. Um
2: mm-hmm.
0: For me, like since I've had the diagnosis as being quote-unquote crazy, I just go with it now. I'm sure. just like,
1: no, that's awesome. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. So much easier. Like I used to be yes. like, people are going to think I'm crazy. I'm like, oh, I am kind of crazy. I am kind of weird.
1: <laughs> Actually, this paper says that I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have the wristband to prove it. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, yeah. The I don't
0: know that, to prove it. Yeah, I don't know that I want to be labeled as normal in this society. Anyhow, that's a horrible thing to be labeled. No,
1: no, God, no.
0: no. Uh-uh. I'm I fine being the enigma. Uh, yeah, like I don't even understand me. Good luck trying to figure it out. Other people, you can try to put a little put me in a little box, but that's just you projecting your own quite a imagination on me. So follow your own and see where it takes you.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I, I really like how, how you said that. Um, Just two more things, really. Who inspires you?
1: Okay. Who inspires me? God. So I'm going to be like really cliche, but like, who doesn't, <laughs> who doesn't inspire me it's to the point where like, even when I think, God, this person is going to bring nothing to my life. They've brought, somehow they bring something to my life. Um, it, it's weird when all those cliches become like true. <laughs> and you start using them all the time, (laughs) like, everyone inspires me, but it's true, Um, but I think, like, specifically, people that are out there speaking their truth inspire me, Um, you inspire me, Brandon inspires me, everybody who posts their truth on anything, anywhere, um, inspires me, because for so long, like I was raised, really like, oh, you know, um, don't let them see, right? Like it wasn't like I mean, my dad was a drug addict, so we did kind of have that different persona, you know. We'd go out, and you know, people didn't know my dad was a drug addict, so you know, you'd have to be these split kind of dual ways—one way at home, one way out in public—type thing. Um, so I, I really learned at a really, really young age to. Uh, filter my truth and to tweak my truth as it was needed in situations. Um, I became really like, I'm the best chameleon on the planet. Like I am amazing. I will fit into, you know, me and me and a brick wall will be best friends by the end of the night. I mean, seriously, I can, I can fit into any situation. And I think that's because I learned really how to like, just be whoever you wanted me to be. And so, when you step away from that, when you step away from, you know what, this is who I am, I'm proud of it, I did this thing before that, you know, I can look at objectively and say that, you know, wasn't a proud moment of me, but I still own it, um, is just so inspiring and so uh, heartwarming for me. Because I know that that's such a big part of my path, obviously. It's such a big part of me to get okay with being completely authentic like I've always been okay in my mind but outwardly not okay with it or you know I've always yeah, kind of made excuses for not being me.
0: All that vibe. Well, um, good. Good. Yeah. Um, I skipped one question since we're at the end I'm going to ask it real quick. Um, what band the lyrics What songs or bands have lyrics that most resonate with you at this moment?
1: Oh, so gosh, I don't really listen to bands or music. I do, I mean, I do listen to like electronic music and stuff. Like I'm really big into like Odessa and that kind of electronic music. Um, I do listen to a lot of instrumental music. Um, Being a massage therapist, I listen to like classical music all the time. Um, And that's the stuff that I really like. Uh, When I was younger, I was into like punk rock and a lot of really like um, lyric um, based music. And now I really like the quiet of my mind. And I find that sometimes music interrupts it.
0: I've heard that a lot. Honestly, like people really? said that a lot. Um, I was
1: kind of nervous about that question because I was like, "God, am I like the only one that's kind of a dork and like I don't really know like what bands are around?"
0: I don't know no. a lot of popular music now myself, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, like older <laughs> stuff or like <laughs> I find older stuff. I like a lot of stuff without um, lyrics as well. Yeah, just kind of where my taste
1: Totally, and it's different. Like sometimes, you know, like what yesterday in the car, for instance, I was listening to AFI. So I mean, that's like hardcore punk rock. But you know, and then like another day, I'm listening to like Aaron Neville. You know, I don't know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just kind of, or just like jazz music or something.
0: I go from like Jack Johnson to uh, Nirvana Nirvana, Nirvana, to Old Crow Medicine Devil 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 May 3. 3. like hip hop. yeah see there
1: oh yeah yeah there's usually definitely some big in there or something
0: (laughs) yeah i love me some like 90s (laughs) like gangster rap like tupac or biggie i don't listen to a lot of it anymore but i still like it when i do hear it
1: oh absolutely oh yeah oh yeah big time
0: it's kind of like my guilty musical pleasure in some ways
1: (laughs) oh yeah and you have to do that i'll i'll yeah you do that you got to give your your body something to groove on every now and then
0: yeah absolutely like it goes back into like being here and having like getting to experience those things but I mean if something resonates with you more like stuff without lyrics you got to follow that too
1: yeah You exactly. just got to
0: be in the flow with it Yep. I'm a different person musically every day
1: that's <laughs> right that's right with everything flow yeah. with everything I'm just I don't know
0: <laughs> yeah I'm not like a Homer Simpson where I have a, a locker and <laughs> or a closet of the same in, like clothes, and then I listen have the same intro song every day.
1: Nope.
0: <laughs> totally different. Um, so I've asked previous guests to end the show in their own fashion. Um, you don't have to, but you can have the last word if you'd like.
1: Um, let's see. I don't like. I have something to read. I think so. Our deepest fear is not that we have and that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are we not to be? You are a child of God or source. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are born to manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that's a quote by um, Marianne Williamson. It's actually part of Nelson Mandela's inaugural speech in 1994. And I just like everything (laughs) that it says completely
2: don't believe don't follow do not consume do not watch largely what i'm talking about here is reclaiming experience this is what's been taken from us it's a self-advancing self-expanding self-defining process and it takes no prison the real world is isn't a spiritual world, it isn't a material world. It isn't an empty world, it isn't a solid world, it's simply...